This essay is from Cinema Year Zero. You can find us at cinemayearzero.com or on Twitter and Instagram at Year Zero Cinema. Shifts in Realities Looking Past the Image and Into the Stream by Satya Hari Haran. In 1986, Harun Farouki was commissioned by the German television series FilmTip to record a series of pieces, one of which was catchphrases, catch images, a conversation with Willem Flusser. It's a deceptively simple video. Faroki analyzes a German tabloid, Bild Zeitung, with Czech-born media theorist Willem Flusser, focusing on the relationship between text and image. But as time unfolds, the viewer begins to realize the event is not just the discussion being held and read via subtitles for non-German speakers but the act of recording and transmitting video of this discussion. Flusser makes this clear with his final words in the piece. We are not just speaking in normal circumstances in a cafe here, but in front of a television, and therefore everything that we are speaking of here is itself plunged into an image, and for the recipient is magicized again, so that we find ourselves on a very slippery slope. We are observing here, apparently transcendentally, this kitschness and brutalization and reduction of human dignity through this sort of demagogy and serve ourselves as factors of a new kind of magicization, one on the part of the television. In the decades since this piece, the experience of receiving news has drastically been transformed. The notion of a static printed object is a thing of the past. Reality is shifting, unstable, ever-changing. It's imbibed through smartphones and computers. New York Times articles change their headlines days after publication. Live streams are edited into video clips where context can be stripped away or reassigned and the media corporations sift through these ever-growing deposits of information to decide what is news and how to reflect it in a way that maintains their established position within the current social order. Previously, the news occurred as a daily concept, whether that was through the morning paper or the evening television broadcast. Today, with omnipresent cameras and the internet's rapid dissemination of media, news can happen at a moment's notice, without the approval of an editor, albeit still under the jurisdiction of the monolithic entities that control our social media networks. There is a recent history of images that intersect between police brutality and racial violence in America, a history that grows only denser as image technology becomes more prevalent in society. In Towards a Philosophy of Photography, Flusser postulates that there is no everyday activity which does not aspire to be photographed, filmed, videotaped. All events are nowadays aimed at the television screen, the cinema screen, the photograph, in order to be translated into a state of things. His views mirror that of his larger ideas on Western society, that once the possibility of a thing emerges, that the societal apparatus will eventually manifest it as a reality. This stems from his experience as a Holocaust survivor, forced to flee from his native Prague in exile in Brazil, while his family who stayed behind were killed in the Auschwitz camps. As such, a society where racialized violence from the police force that governs over its civilians is a constant part of the reality, will continually produce visualizations of this violence. The 2010s marked a shift in the presence of imaging technology and distribution. Rodney King's 1991 beating hangs as one of the major cultural memories of racialized police violence in the United States caught on camera during the 1990s. The public was forced to confront the visualization of racialized state violence, a constant in the reality of American history, dating back to slavery and the genocide of indigenous people in Americas. This process of visualization grew in tandem with the widespread access to imaging technologies. A pattern emerged of images of police killings circulating in mass. Followed by mass protests and coordinated nationwide efforts, protests which have grown increasingly unstable following the latest iteration of a continually escalating series of counter-protest police state deployments, in turn begetting another series of images of police state violence, that of the riot police beating protesters. It's a series of images that emerges from a series which reflects the reality of a broken societal structure via video and audio, 
though one's perception of this reality is naturally shifted by how it's mediated to them. John Acumfra's Handsworth Songs was a film that emerged in response to similar material conditions in the United Kingdom in 1985, when riots broke out in Birmingham and London that could be seen as the result of neocolonialism systematically disenfranchising immigrant communities and subjecting them to state violence. The film was characterized by cultural theorists Okoye and Wazor as a historically inflected dub cinema whose spatial, temporal, and psychic dynamics relays the scattered trajectories of immigrant communities. It is a film that escapes succinct definitions, a machine of parts that includes celluloid shots of the riots, interviews with a number of immigrants, different voiceovers which destabilize and eliminate the usual authoritative hierarchy that accompanies the technique. While rooted in the issues that accompany the policing of immigrant communities, Enwazar notes that Hansworth Songs reflects more profoundly the agency of the oppressed. It narrates their stories, not purely from the point of view of the event from which it derives its name, but equally through an archaeology of the visual archive of minoritarian dwelling in Britain. While Acumfra deliberately fragments and mediates our viewing experience in a way that transcends the bounds of linear thought by a visual and sonic juxtaposition, experiencing these images today through the stream escapes the delineation of the traditional filmic experience or projected image. Hansworth's song has an ending, after a little over an hour of sounds and images, where a voiceover calls out, let them bear witness to the process by which the living transform the dead into partners in struggle, over images of black immigrants in transit. The call echoes an earlier voiceover. In time, we will demand the impossible in order to wrestle from it that which was possible. In time, we will demand that which is right because what will be just will lie outside present demand. In time, the straits will claim me without apology. In time, I will be right to say there are no stories in the riots, only ghosts of other stories. A haunting statement juxtaposed over images of black and white infants. Today, those children have come of age and were surrounded by the ghosts of Acumfra's images, continually being made and transmitted to those willing to tune in. There is no emphasis anywhere. Everything is inundating and reality is overwhelming. The delineation between film and reality has been dissolved as new images continually emerge. The viewer can choose how much media they imbibe, and the media imbibe shapes their representation of the world. Faruqi recognized the problems of attempting to convey the utter horrors of reality through the audiovisual medium. His 1969 work, The Inextinguishable Fire, opens with him addressing the camera directly, critiquing the atrocities the U.S. government was committing at the time in Vietnam. When we show you pictures of napalm victims, you'll shut your eyes. You'll close your eyes to the pictures, then you'll close them to the memory. And then you'll close your eyes to the facts. In a time when the immediate image of another space, place, and time can be grasped in an instant, different realities are mere clicks away. Yet as Flusser notes, images are supposed to be maps, but they turn into screens. Instead of representing the world, they obscure it until human beings' lives finally become a function of the images they create. Human beings forget they created the images in order to orientate themselves in the world. Since they are no longer able to decode them, their lives become a function of their own images. Imagination is turned into hallucination. We are left with fragments of reality, which can be threaded back together in innumerable permutations. Whoever forms this amalgamation conditions societal thought, whether it's a television news network stripping clips of their context and inserting commentary, or an individual editing clips together and uploading them to YouTube. The present is unstable and keeps changing, and these changes in reality are constantly transmitted, though it is crucial to examine their mediation. 
We are in the midst of a shift in how we live with images. In 1985, Flusser published another work, Into the Universe of Technical Images, a series of essays which he described as a fable, which narrates a fabulous universe, that of technical images, a fabulous society, that of cybernetic dialogue, a fabulous consciousness. It narrates the story with consummate hope and at the same time with fear and trembling. For this fable is a catastrophe about to break out of its shell, and we are that shell. We are in the midst of this catastrophe, a catastrophe of the horrors of our reality, which we want to blind ourselves to continually re-emerging. Horrors that are a result of society's construction. Where the images lead us is yet to be discovered. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please consider donating to our Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash cinema year zero. That's ko-fi.com slash cinema year zero.